G'day and welcome to Nutritious Conversations. I'm your host, Duncan McMartin. My intention is that these chats with my guests add as much richness to your life as they do mine. And you too can be inspired to indulge in nutritious conversations with friends, family, and complete strangers. Big love and enjoy. G'day, welcome to another podcast of Nutritious Conversations with Dunk. I've got my beautiful friend, Melissa, right from uh, the wonderful long white cloud of New Zealand. And uh, I'm, I'm incredibly honoured. I know with Melissa, we've anytime we've had some beautiful chats, it's, I walk away just feeling so enlivened, so um, felt like I've just had the most beautiful meal and, uh, and, I, and love it a bit. I think she's amazing. So welcome, Melissa. Wow, too much. What an introduction. <laughs> thank, thank you very much. I'm super excited to be here and um, support you in stepping into what you feel guided to do and what really lights you up. And it certainly lights me up to sit down and, like you say, have a nutritious conversation with yourself. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> remember when I, I remember the first conversation I had when I said, right, I need to have you on here. And you go, but I'm no one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Excuse me, what? <laughs> what? What? I don't have my name up in lights. I don't have all these letters next to my name or whatever it might be. But it's so interesting, isn't it, our, our reaction towards um, our presence. But it was so beautiful to just hear you sort of talk, talk me through that. How did you, what was the first impact and how did you sort of morph to where we are now having this conversation? Well, I was. I saw you do your live, um, suggesting that you would like contacts of people that might be aligned to certain subjects and things. And so I felt into that and thought, right, um, I know a couple of awesome ladies that I will push some contacts your way and get back to you. And, yeah, we were doing some voice messages, weren't we, on Messenger. Mm. And I thought, and, and you had mentioned, oh, yes, maybe, and maybe in the future <clears throat> you could come along. And I thought, yeah, like absolutely. And by then I might have some specific topic that I'm a specialist in or be taking over the world in some capacity somewhere. And I'll be like, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> and then it was not long afterwards you came back to me and I and said, would you be on? And I just burst into tears and pushed my button like something chronic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I'm completely honest. I was like, me? What? And my inner critic just went to town. Yeah. And all of the things that you sort of mentioned there, um, like, what are you going to say? What do you have to share? What's your thing? Mm. Um, but it was really good to just sort of sit with that and observe that and allow those things to move through and then feel into the no. And I'm like, hell no. You don't say no. Like, this feels good. I love the idea of sitting and spending time with Duncan and just chatting and all the things that can come from that, you know, having that channel for things to land and speaking our truth in a safe place. Mm. where we both, you know, and can encourage each other, teach each other, share with each other. And so from that, you know, there's some 
serious gold that can appear for others, even if it's just one one person out there that can be inspired to, to do be be more of them, mm-hmm. just be. So I thought, yeah, that was my feeling and intention today was I'm going to show up as me and be and <laughs> see where it goes. Love it. <laughs> Is it? It's it's funny because I mean. You know, I've listened to so many podcasts and even, you know, that's probably a degree of inertia because I've been looking at the idea of kicking off a podcast for a while and I go, but but I, I don't have a product. I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have an offering. And and you sit there in this, this, this state of inertia of I'm not good enough. And I think that ability to actually go, hang on a second, why do I feel I'm not good enough? You know, why do I feel I'm not good enough to be able to have a conversation and share it with the world? You know, and I think that's that that to me was so pertinent. And your reaction, I I, I just absolutely <laughs> vibe with as well because, you know, the oh shit moments that happen in life. It's like you know, and you go oh, and we pull away a lot of times from those oh shit moments of like, no, 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 I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this, and we have every amazing excuse under the sun not to do it. But to be able to go, you know what, stuff it. Let's step into that direction, you know, and see what actually unfolds. And I've seen this amazing serendipity that actually occurs as I've as I've begun to do this. You know, even we were chatting this morning. I, I was supposed to have the builders turn up to do some some work on the house, and I'm going, God, uh, whereabouts in the house can I actually sit where it's not going to be noise and stuff like that? And I went, you know what, I'm just going with it. Well, they haven't turned up today. You know, and it was all organised and everything, and I'm okay with that at this point in time. You know, I'd love to, the building to be done, but it's actually this beautiful as you sort of step into just this trust, this utter trust and surrender, which is which is quite amazing. But um, yeah, I went through a similar thing actually with um, Mark this morning. He had a lady, uh, my partner. He had a lady do a U-turn on his on him on his motorbike on Saturday. Um, he's okay. Uh, could be a lot worse, um, a little bit. He's got a burn on his leg and swollen hand and things like that. But the moral of the story is that he was here. I'd made this podcast our day on a Tuesday because normally he's out doing contract work on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So I thought, cool, I have my own space to be and I can just let it flow and I don't have to worry about people walking you know, in the background and all the things. Uh, and then, of course, he's not going to work this week because he's a little bit broken. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, no, like, he's sore. I can't say, oh, babe, can you please leave for a couple of hours? Or or can you just <laughs> stay on that side of the room for a couple of hours? And I'm like, I just shared with him that this is what I'm doing and, um, you know, I'm really excited. And um, he's actually got a few things to do. So he's taken my car and gone off and to do them. So I didn't need to clear the space it's you know it's evolved that everything's settled how it needs to be for the highest possible good i love that because i think this and again this is something that's sort of percolating through for me is looking at you know trying to choreograph exactly how things are going to look or how they're actually going to you know roll out but instead actually go well this is uh, what I want to do is I'm actually aligning that I want to have the greatest expression I possibly can 
from the the most authentic space, which is me, you know, in 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 who I am. I'm just going to trust and see what actually happens. And if if for some reason there's noise in the background, there's noise in the background. If there's not, there's not. And being okay with what is, you know. And I think that's the, you know, I love the word equanimity. You know, it's just a beautiful term, equanimity. Actually, it was a a mate of mine shared something just today from a, another close friend. And I'll actually share it with you. Sorry, I don't, I don't normally jump onto my phone, but I just thought it was quite, <clears throat> quite. Do hurt. that because I actually haven't heard the word before, Duncan. So please share with me. Yeah. Your, so um, understanding um, and expression around that word and what it brings for you. Yeah. So equanimity is a, such a. Um, uh, here we are. Where are you, Mark? Um So. It was actually on resilience too, because I'll share the resilience button too. Resilience, um, and again, the most beautiful man called um, Eddie Hyperlight, lovely, lovely guy, um, good mate as well. Remembering who you are when the world tries to make you forget is resilience. I love that. That that lands for me deeply. So, uh, saying uh, that I've had from a young age is in in a world that is all day, every day trying to make you someone else mm-hmm. be yourself. And I think the byproduct of of honoring that, so remembering who you are when the world tries to make you forget. So the remembrance of who you are. So equanimity, my definition of equanimity is like the upside down duck. You know when a duck's on the water and on the top it's just cruising <laughs> and underneath it's doing this? That's how we are normally, <laughs> all right? But what we want is the upside down version of that. So, or actually, let's keep it on on the surface. You know, that's actually really quite. Oh God, something's dropped in there. But you know, as the ducks sort of cruising on the surface, that's what our internal environment is 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 you know needs to be like. And I remember Jace, you know, a mutual friend of ours, was you know said one time because I was I was talking to him. I go, <clears throat> you know, how do you know when something's at ease? And he said, when it stops vibrating. And I went, oh. What? (laughs) And it was funny. I was just doing a bit of a meditation this morning and I was just finding ease. And I'm going, what's the reference point for ease? And then I just felt this calm. Just, But the calm was no vibration. And people go, oh, vibration. We've got to vibrate at this level and we need to be this frequency and all that sort of stuff, which is absolutely, I think there's some real wisdom in that side of things. But I think when when you're out of calibration and who you are, and this is what I'd love to tap, tap into with you. When you're at a calibration of who you are, you know, one of the wheels is not, you know, it's got a vibration through it. Well, the car's not at ease. You know, once we get everything calibrated and the wheel alignment right, then there's a there's a degree of ease. So it doesn't matter what goes on, doesn't matter what road surface you're actually on, the car will negotiate or, you know, we'll be able to, on some not negotiate, we'll navigate it, which is, which is pretty Being good. a bit of a petrol head that, also lands deeply. I ran an automotive <laughs> shop with my ex for uh, nearly 10 years. So I'm all about balancing wheels and alignment and all the things. So yeah, because and first off, I'm like, but you know, yeah, like everything's vibrating, like all the atoms vibrate at a certain um, frequency to be to be held as what they are and what they exist as in this moment. And so I'm like, seeking seeking open open and then you bring in this analogy of the car and i'm like precisely i get it yeah definitely (laughs) then everything's just 
in alignment. Oh, absolutely. It's it's almost like, you know, if you've ever been, and we've all sort of had these beautiful experiences in these sound therapy or sound journeys, you know, and you're in there at times and they bang the gong and it just vibrates yeah. through. You know? <laughs> I <laughs> thought like, it was going to explode. Yeah, yeah. but then, then the, the crystal bowls will happen or, or, or you, know, I, you know, they'll just create a resonance or it'll be a noise or it'll be a singing that'll actually occur. And that harmony, when it actually, when you just surrender to that harmony, there's, also, there's an alignment with it, you know, and it, you could say, yeah, but I'm vibrating at their frequency, but their frequency, like a gong would sort of... And once that resonance sort of finishes, there's a piece that sort of sits there. And then you get those crystal bowls. And initially it's like, whoa, it's so much. It's too much, too much. And then there's that utter surrender. And then there's just that you actually start to dance at that speed. And when you're dancing at that speed, then everything's in calibration. And there's you could actually say there's a degree of ease. That's the way I sort of look at it. So I think it's amazing. Yep. Feeling that for sure. So in a gardener. What does that mean to you, we Melissa? <laughs> we Melissa. <laughs> well, um, I don't know if it's a term that is coined, but it's certainly something that I uh, developed in my awareness because those were the words that resonated with. <clears throat> Uh, the people, once I started moving into doing what a lot of people refer to as the inner work, mm-hmm. um, however, work has more connotations for myself, like hard work or paid work or where you're swapping your time out. You know, um, the most precious an important thing that we can give to somebody in this world and in our journey is is our time. You will never get that back, you know, like touching the same running water in a river. Mm-hmm. So allowing space for yourself and holding space for yourself, to me, didn't feel like work. It's not something that I'm um, pawning myself out for, or <laughs> um, you know, swapping something that I'd, ever, you know, that it's like more of an investment, if you like, um, so that that then flows on to more ease and peace and and joy and alignment throughout your day. Mm. So, yeah, that's something that we that I had not done prior to doing the present moment course with you. Um, through the quantum movement last early last year, that was a that was a invitation to sit and have a morning routine ritual, mm-hmm. and so that was where I <clears throat> yeah brought in the in a gardening term because being all about uh, done some training in traditional herbal medicine and I grew up in the country so I'm always been very close to nature and yeah so that just sort of landed settled with me a bit more as instead of in a work in a gardening and planting those seeds watering those seeds um, nurturing those seeds shining light on those seeds and growing into flowers some people will say you know um, weeding the garden but 
I'm all about edible weeds and, <laughs> you know, weeds really are only things that are when it goes prolifically and it overshadows all of the other things that are meant to be there. But often what people see as weeds are can be where the gold is. So, yeah, so that's where my inner gardening has has come from. That's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. I, inner I, gardening I, your way to alignment, what I was thinking this morning. <laughs> I was like, what's a catchphrase that I could coin into that? <laughs> inner gardening your way to alignment. To alignment. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I had a, uh, before we hit record, I was telling you about a, a beautiful interview I did with a um, with a, an 80-year-old, or well, over 80, actually, Peter is. Um, who does natural sequence farming. And you'll love this. So one of the principles of it is to actually have the, what he calls pioneering plants. And these are the plants that bring healing back to the earth and um, or to a farm. So what he does is he'll come into a farm and he'll look at the farm and he'll look at what's there. He'll look at the lay of the land and how the move, the water is sitting or not sitting or how the creeks are carved out. He'll look at the the proliferation of types of species of tree. Um, he'll look at the grass. He'll look at the ground. And one of the biggest things that he, he he used to, he got involved in actually breeding racehorses. And one of the things he was taught um, was that unless you have 80 different species, um, and he was taught this by an older guy when he was growing up, so this is generational knowledge, unless you have uh, 80 different species, phone's bouncing away here, 80 different species of um, of um, plants, of, of plants, of flora, yeah, of plants, yeah. you know, that, that you, if, if you don't have that biodiversity, you, you, it's very, very hard to breed a beautiful, healthy um, racehorse. Um, and that was the analogy he is. And so one of the things, yeah, and what was fascinating about it, because you talk about weeds, and I remember there's a video, and I'll, I'll try and share that YouTube one I, I looked at with Peter, and he's sitting on this log, and in his hand he's got this, looks like a thistle, a dead, you know, or he's, he's pulled out this thistle, and he's got this thistle there, obviously, you know, away from the prickles. And he's actually showing that this is the, on the stand, on the um on the stem of the plant, he said, this is the soil line and there's no roots here, but then there's roots down here. And he said, this root line here, and he's grabbed a whole lot of pasture, you know, some grass, and the roots of the grass are this deep. And he said, what this plant does is it actually, this tuber component of the plant brings the, you know, he calls it the sugars up to the surface. And, the, and, mm -hmm. the, and it's this beautiful companion planting. You know, and the thing what's really interesting about it is that, you know, it's almost, and I, and I had this sort of epiphany when I was chatting with Peter about it. I said, it's almost like you got the, the thistles are growing in the paddock. And, and in some respects, they're saying, rack off, leave me alone. We're trying to heal. And it's almost like just trying to heal that part of the land. And, I, and, and it's actually, in fact, you know, there are times that a, that a weed can be um, inedible. But there are times when it's quite edible, you know, and and I and it's being able to understand, you know, those internal weeds of ourselves. So we sit there, we're so quick to polish our life, you know. Hence, you know, the discussion about this is that, you know, 
um, trying to make it unhomogenized and unpasteurized as possible. Let's just have raw discussion, raw discussion, not not you know putting filters on and you know, a little bit bags under the eyes today, you know, and <laughs> got a cigarette shirt on and yeah, got the tats out. Um, but you know, the the thing is, is that being able to actually have this this unhomogenized, unpasteurized life, so you can be all of yourself. And those weeds, in actual fact, may be the things that are actually healing. And we so quickly try and pull those weeds out of our life or we suppress those weeds. We, we hit them with biocides. It's like, no, we can't be like this. Spray the buggers, you know, dig them all out sort of thing. And in actual fact, it's going, tell me more. Lean in. Tell me more. And I think that's the thing that I saw with you. And I, it's so beautiful because we've watched each other's journey, you know, from that you know, when we sort of connected in the present moment. And I, I remember you going for that job where you're working now, you know, and just the, and and, and you're so beautifully vulnerable and, you know, vocal within the group, you know, about what, how you were processing, you know, these next steps and all that sort of stuff. So it was a real sort of beautiful sort of um, humility that you were sort of expressing. But yeah, I, I thought I'd just tell you about that one. I, I, I think that'll, that'll land with it. Yeah, absolutely. The the chop and drop crops where their root systems go further down into the soil and then bring out the absolutely sugars or nutrients, all the minerals and vitamins and elements that that the shorter root crops won't ever get to. And so it's, you know, um, I think something that people aren't taught or don't really understand is the top foot of soil i just looked up and realized i've got one hand but i'm going like this <laughs> um, the top foot <laughs> the top foot of soil around the whole world um is what literally is where the life force is created where everything is spawned from and mm. the same i believe as you know inner and external our gut microdome, biodome is exactly the same and um, what's spawned in there. And so the same with the diversity is that you do need to have all of those things to create a whole. Mm. And and the minute you try and make everything into a straight line, nothing in nature grows naturally in a straight line. Mm. But yet for some reason as humans think that we need to make everything into a straight line. Mm. Yeah, it's... Um, it's not as nutritious, that's for sure. Well, the monocropping that goes on as well, you know, where we, 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 you know, and I guess the biodiversity is such a beautiful word, you know, and I think, you know, it was interesting when you look at Peter, one of the things that they do do, and he was chatting to some of the, the Indigenous elders here because he was talking about moving away from the, the mentality of, um, you know, the 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 you know, the European way of, you know, cut everything down sort of thing, or the Indigenous way of burning. He said, we need to move away from that in its entirety. And, and he said, well, what we've got to do is we've got to, um, you know, I, in some of the land I need to come in with a, um, a bulldozer and actually move the land a little bit, start to carve a little bit to just be able to let the water sort of, you know, just slow down. You know, to be able to be held in the water. This is in Australia. You know, the climate in Australia is quite different to that of New Zealand. We don't have mm -hmm. mountains in Australia. We have hills, if you really look at it. 
you know, and there's nothing, you know, you go to the South Island, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, they're, they're mountains. <laughs> yeah. But in Australia, but so what he does, and then, the, you know, one of the Indigenous guys actually said, you're going to hurt mother. And he goes, well, the way, best way to look at it, he says, mother's been in a really bad accident, really bad accident. And we're trying to, you know, we're trying to hold space to get her to heal. But we also have to do a little bit of plastic surgery. You know, that's his analogy. <laughs> and he said, you know, and that's where we may need to yes. actually redirect the water. And I, and I went, wow, that's such a beautiful, because he's not there trying to, you know, put lipstick on a pig sort of mentality sort of thing. He's actually trying to look yeah. at how, how do we actually move this water? And we actually make, because we've, the, our practices in the, the last 100, 200, 300, 10,000, 40,000, 60,000 years in Australia hasn't been a practice that has actually probably honoured mother as much as what needs to, or not as, not as much as what needs to have occurred to, to bring a, a new vibrancy back to the earth in, in Australia sort of thing. And I think that's what we're finding. You know, I, I guess the analogy that I keep looking at, and this is what I want to pick your brain about is how did you go on this journey? What, what sort of, what sort of click for you to say, Hmm. Need to actually start to work on this inner garden. Well, the blessing of the chaos in 2020, I I mean, in a sentence, have been quite awake to a lot of things um, for 10, 15, 20 years. Like it's always been a journey looking at the bigger picture. What um what I could share. I always thought that if I ever saw a spirit or a ghost or anything supernatural, that I would have a heart attack and die on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) I always just, like, if there were two things that scared the bejesus out of me, it would be aliens and ghosts. (laughs) As a kid, like, growing up, I was terrified of the dark absolutely raving terrified I couldn't even go and get my homework out of the car that was two meters away from the house in the dark if I'd left my bag in there (laughs) um even though I grew up camping in the bush in the actual like drive onto a gravel we would pitch tents as uh half a dozen families that that lived up this Omenoa road where I grew up and we would shower in the a river and dig our own ablutions and we'd go in there for three weeks and only come out for milk and bread sort of thing oh. and so I'm really really grateful for that type of a upbringing and being able to have that foundation of love for nature and be close to the the land like that and so fast forward to something that I haven't really shared with many people, um, but it's just coming in to do that um, in this moment, is that, I can't remember the year, let's say about 12 years ago, mm-hmm. my ex and I were looking for, or moved into a rental, and I'll try to do it actually in, in a kind of a most nutshell, but explaining things. <laughs> And um, in this rental, it was a very old home um, built in the 1840s. And one evening, 
it was beautiful wooden floors, sash windows, uh, sort of three stories, um, and I'd been over having wine with a friend at the Mount and my partner at the time, he was at Friends of Ours in Greeton and I got home, went round and shut the house up, put the jug on, got into my gym jams, you know, Ugg boots and all the things, got the fire lit and then there was a knock at the door and I was thinking who normally, as a general rule, my home is always everyone else's home but they know to text or ring me. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm like, yep, sweet, come. But hadn't heard from anybody, so I was not expecting any visitors. And the door is a wooden door with glass on each side. <clears throat> but you can't, they were just small strips and you can't. So I was a little bit stranger danger and thinking, uh, who, who could this be? Anyway, I called out, hello, and didn't get an answer back. And then I went round down the hall, up the stairs to the second floor, to the rumpus rooms where you could look out to the entrance. And there was nobody there. And I was thinking, that's kind of sketchy. What's going on there? Um, thought, okay, maybe I just imagined it or something, something. Anyway, I came back down and knock, knock, knock on the door, like quite a solid, hearty knock. Who's there? And no answer. And so all the things you'd hear in horror movies began to happen from that night onwards. Um, The jug boiling for no reason, the tap, you turn it on and no water comes out. Um, The um, kids' toys in the toy box would start playing for no apparent reason um, with nobody around them. The cats got really not wanting to come in, they'd run and eat their dinner and then boost out again. Um, my big crystal that I had in the main window would go like on screen. Yeah, really? And I was like, like um, when when something pendulums, it doesn't stop at each top, does it? Mm. It, it? You know, like it was and for a pause and then for a pause and I'm like normally it would just swing you know Mm. um so weird things happening like that so we found out um contacted uh a Maori friend of ours to come and bless the property because another friend who doesn't do blessings he felt into he said that he'd had a dream uh that a old colonel um, with those brimmed hats, you know, like the Canadian Mountie sort of, you know, mm-hmm. all uniformed up. He was the one that was actually knocking on the door. He could see the vision of him knocking on the door at our house in that alcove um, and that he was alerting to the fact that there was things going on in the house. So fast forward it got to the point where I was like, okay, there's too much going on. I can't be in this space. And we got the Māori woman out to do a blessing. The night before we'd been to a light, light-minded um, meeting, gathering, and another medium that I knew that worked in the crystal shop in town, She, I says, we're going to have a blessing tomorrow. 
well, is there any advice you could give? And she said, is it, will it be a Māori lady doing, or Māori person doing the blessing? And I said, yes. Um, and she said, that's perfect because they're the kaitiaki of the land and the disturbance is not actually in your home. It's mm-hmm. within the land. Oh, and you could, um, yeah, like demolish that house and build a new house, but it's not going to fix the problem. Mm. So um, in a nutshell, again, she came through and did a blessing, put the um, Māori ancestors around the perimeter of the property, found that she had, uh, there was a portal that was opened and had been sheathed by uh, some Freemasons who owned the property and lived in Auckland Mm. and that they had... She, whilst she was doing the blessing, we were there with her, and this is in Mangatapu in Taranga for anyone who wants to, you know, might be listening and do some research in it. But um, there was the very first chief that settled in Tauranga was uh, Chief Taipari, and he is the great-great-grandfather of the woman who did the blessing. Mm. And um, he was there with her, you know, in spirit form if you like um whilst she was doing the blessing and guiding her and she was saying he's standing at the top of the stairs there and he's asking me to ask you how's your sleep been and I was like actually awful I can still see it clear as day now like um I was always being chased and um running like feeling like I was running and I'd run through these paddocks and jump over these fences and then there was this bank where I jumped on the top of this lorry that came past the country road and was taken away trying to get away Um, and I'd wake up like with wet sheets and absolutely sweating and just terrified that Mm. this like full of anxiety and he said that he could tell that that was actually when you sleep when you're in that sleep period is actually when you're at your most vulnerable energetically and spiritually and so they could see that my light was so bright that I was going to be able to be strong enough to stand up and um, put a stop to what was going on on the property spiritually mm-hmm. that they were trying to scare me off mm-hmm. the land and so um, that was their way of yeah getting getting me gone um and so he you know he was saying that he honors me and thanks me very much for having the um uh, courage to be able to stand up and and create solutions because their land is very very sacred and it had they had started uh disturbing the energy there in a in not of a good way and so they had actually been with this portal trying to energetically burrow down into the earth in Mangatapu area to find out where Taipati was buried because he was um, looked upon or held really high regard of Tonga which is spiritual mana and energy and so they were going to um, try and find where he was buried because he's an unmarked grave and, and take that and use it for nefarious reasons. Wow. And so um, 
yeah, that's sort of just a little overview mm. of a massive turning point in my life where it really opened my eyes to the spiritual realm mm. and how um, I then started doing a lot of research because I wanted to corroborate all the things that Peter had told me and went through the Tango City archives, Tango City Council archives and um, all these dates that she'd given me and the fact that he was buried in an unmarked grave and all the things. So there was a lot of research that I did to, and so that's what really um, grounded that respect for the um, experience mm. within. Um, and so, yeah, moving forward, that really opened my eyes to a bigger picture of, you know, and got me asking more questions. Why are we here? What are we doing? Like, how does things work? And all of those sorts of things. Yeah, so that right. was um, a big, big event, I guess, that started me on the, the journey of exploration and opening up to what is and what could be. Isn't that a, a beautiful Thank you. I mean, that's an incredible, you know, experience. You know, it's not just a story; it's the experience of it. And and this is what's so fascinating is is being able to, you know, understand that sort of that energetic realm. You know, the the realm of, and also, I guess the thing that you look at with that is the generational wisdom that gets passed down. Um, you know, through not only just through story, but but through the resonance of that and the the experience of that, you know, and and I think the disruption we have as as a as a culture nowadays has lost a lot of those connection points, and it's so beautiful to actually see it with the Maori, you know, to be able to actually have that sort of wisdom flow yeah. through. And I think, and we certainly see this with you know you know the First Nation or the Indigenous Australians as well, is that you know there is a there is a yeah. wisdom, but when those when it's cut, and because that's something that's really a couple of areas I'd love to go into, which is so interesting, but I want to keep going on this this uh, this avenue because I think as you're unpacking, it's just sort of I'm just going, well, let's let's keep going in here. So this, so you've had this experience and it's opened your eyes. What do you do now? What what what, what trajectory did it send you on? For a little while, I think um, integration is probably the word that comes forward. Uh, takes a little while to process a lot of those things through your psyche, um, through your mental mind to make sure that you're not going a little bit out the gate. And like, <laughs> I love your terminology, um, out the gate. <laughs> more than I am, you know. <laughs> um, well, like I said, it was it was years that I didn't really share that story for with anyone um, because it was all so hard to believe. Um, there's a lot, sort of a lot more to be expanded on, but that's the best nutshell that I can sort of share. Mm. Um, a lot more events that came in, you know, um, getting locked in, we were packing up to leave and um, the door, at one stage I got locked in the ensuite in our bedroom the door was not locked, but I could not get out. And it turns out that there was a little kid, there was a of the family that used to live in there, um, and he had 
locked the door so that I couldn't get out. And because it's on the third story, there's no way I could get out the window. And so that creeped me out entirely. <laughs> um, sort of different little things like that. That was really the turning point for us to have to leave the property. But afterwards, after the blessing, it took about a week. Mm-hmm. And and I thought that I would never live in the property again. But gosh, energetically, when we got back there, and because we were arguing a little bit, like they'd, you know, got into our energetics of relationship and things like that, mm. it was such smooth sailing afterwards um, and such a beautiful home to be in afterwards. So it just really got me some serious respect for that realm. I've always had massive respect. I guess I don't want to delve into things Um really been quite a nana as far as like the Ouija boards and all those sorts of things are concerned. <laughs> like I'm not up to F with shit that I don't know about, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to welcome stuff in that's out of my state of affairs. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so um, then taking some time really to to integrate all this new understandings um, and take some time back and just be and just do normal life um, was really important to keep grounded and rather than sort of, yeah, just losing the plot, I guess. <laughs> it was yeah, yeah. a bit of a sort of a tough time just to bring in that understanding. Um, so probably moving forward to... That relationship um, broke down. We're still um, best of friends. I went and got some tyres and mags from him um, the other day, actually, and we both said, he was like, I still love you, you know, and I was like, yeah, I love you too. And we gave each other a hug, you know, like it's really good to be able to part on um, terms that we love each other for who each other is um, but know that it's just not our calling to be together or it's just Mm. not right for us to be together but we can still leave that in the past and respect each other moving forward um so I mean you know we might go nine months or a year without speaking or whatever but yes you know you do and it's like yesterday um so I'm really grateful you know to him for that and 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 for that being part of my journey and all the things that came from it all the learnings and growth Fun times, shit times to learn from, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, just, yeah, just really grateful for it all as a whole. And um, so I did a few things, uh, some database management, did a little bit of a stint for ID, uh, the accounts department for our government, um, and just that corporate world because I'd come up through Tourism Bay of Pliny and Chamber of Commerce and all the corporate type things. And I just thought I could strong enough to show people there's a better way forward and to be able to do business with love and respect um, and in the right ways rather than the dog eat dog world. And mm-hmm. in the end, I'm like, you know, it's just not gelling. I'm not up for this. I need a change. So I reinvented myself and I just saw on Seek, which is an employment website in New Zealand, mm-hmm. uh, a job for a nursery worker. And I was like, actually, I'm just going to apply. Rewinding just a little bit, Mark, my now partner, his mum's passed 
we were we go every Sunday to spend time with his dad, who's now 94 and a half, um, mm-hmm. but every Sunday. And so we were going through some stuff and we found some seeds. She was a market gardener and they had big tunnel houses and would do herbs and things like that. Wow. So that was an alignment. And, and so we took them home and, and Mark's a good Kiwi bloke and we'll build gardens. So we built heaps of gardens and built me a little plastic house to raise seeds in. And so we spent a few years, moved back rurally and did the gardening thing, which um, – at the time was super life-saving, if you like, because I was having a a midlife crisis or something. I just didn't know what to do with myself um, (laughs) and was just stressed out. And it was the database management I was doing remotely for a company, a big company in Auckland, and it was just – without going into that, not gelling with me anymore. Um, The pressure was just crazy. And so for me, it was an escape to be able to get my feet on the grass, get my hands in the dirt, the sun in my face, you know, the breathing whilst you're doing uh, movement, body movement and all the things that are what I now understand to be fundamental for um just joy and alignment and ease and all the things. Um, And so that, yeah, really inspired my love of and connection to nature again, like as a child growing up. And so I sort of come full circle. And, yeah, in the nursery worker, so I went in there, um, said, look, I don't have any experience, but I love to learn. I'm a quick learner. Um, I really love plants and I'd really love to give it a go. So I ended up in a role where I was growing herbs to supply to uh, the region's supermarkets into the fresh produce section, Mm -hmm. as well as the herbs to all the bunning stores nationwide. Mm. Uh, And then I created a role where I did a database, I used that database management um, model and put that into the contacting and enriching the relationships with the bunning stores to make sure that, you know, for me, sales is never about pouring a cup of cold soup down someone's throat. It's providing solutions, you know, listening, Mm -hmm. hearing what their needs are Mm -hmm. and giving them solutions. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was, yeah, that was me reinventing myself um, and just absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. It's just really found my passion and that was when I stepped into the traditional herbal medicine Mm -hmm. and I think I'll forever be a student. Mm. Um, There's not even a close moment that you could possibly think you know it all as far as what nature offers and the, you know, endless benefits um, that coming back into a word that's been coming to me recently is communion. Communion with nature. We are nature. Nature mm. is us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we are all one. I'm a big firm believer in that. Uh, a, a unique expression of the oneness. Mm. And uh, that's where my inner work started because I really always wanted to be part of something really big and something really important and really 
something that helped people. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first messenger that I sent to Laura, who was uh, part of the quantum movement at the time, like um, I don't want uh, requesting, I thought, why don't I request that I don't actually have the funds to do this course, mm-hmm. but would you sponsor somebody who, you know, or possibly offer a discount or something like that for somebody who is just so passionate about service and I just can't tell you how much I want to help the world. <laughs> and I just think you little amateur, <laughs> you're just like the cutest little version. Like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> like if I'd have got that now, I'd just be like, oh, my Lord, I just want to hug you. <laughs> like not embarrassed, just allowance, but, you know, like what the heck. <laughs> Um, hero complex and not hero in the ego way. What's the other one? You know, where you want to uh, just save people all the time? Yes. Like, I spent 40 years of my life. If anyone, you know, needed anything, I was there, 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 there. Oh. If it didn't matter 24 7, if you needed me, I was there for you. Mm-hmm. And, um, I didn't know how to do that for myself. No one had taught me how to have that same respect for myself. I'd sleep all day and not give a fat rat's ass about myself. But the minute someone needed me, I'd get out of bed and I'd be gone, you know. Amazing, isn't it? <laughs> and so that, that there has been the turning point of actually getting out of bed for myself mm. and then moving to being pumped to get out of bed for the day using it like a little bit of an analogy like when you order something online mm-hmm. um and you're going to get it delivered that same sort of excitement or feeling of anticipation before it arrives and knowing that you've got something good coming yeah is harnessing that feeling and getting up in the morning and being excited for what might arrive <laughs> that's just been a really neat little analogy i love it Love it. I love, I love the the thing that came to mind. I just wrote this down, found some seeds and unlocked my potential. You know? Yeah. And that's <laughs> that that's incredible, you know, because it's but I, I think what's what's fascinating about this is that that I mean, I'm loving this. I'm absolutely loving this. I'm just in awe of of you know hearing you articulate your journey. Um, because it's not a journey that you actually set out with goals and I'm going to do this and going to do that and it's got to do this and this is going to be the outcome. It wasn't an outcome orientated journey. It was a exploration. It was a you know, I'm 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 getting a more intimate understanding of who I am, you know, and or who you are, you know, as you as you as you begin to explore that inner garden, you take a step in that direction and you know, as within so without. So and and, and the and the inverse of that as without so within. You know, if you if you want to see a printout, if you want to see your in, a printout of your internal environment, I think um, Bruce Lipton talks about. You know, have a look at the printout of your life. I love that because I think what that does is that you know, if you've got if you've got chaos all around you and you can't you can't seem to take a breath, have a look at the chaos inside. Just just sit there like Peter Andrews does, and just sit on the edge and just observe. And as you begin to observe, the awareness kicks in. And with the awareness comes presence, you know, and with presence comes awareness, you know, and it starts to feed off itself. And then all of a sudden you begin to unlock the potential of who you are. And 
And I think, you know, I, I just, how's the serendipity of finding some seeds at Mark's, you know, father's place, you know, and, and the, the market garden and, and yeah, my gosh, you know, to have those available is just incredible, you know, and just to be able to step in that direction. But for you to actually have that space where you go, hmm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move in that direction, you know. But I, let's dig into the, the saviour complex because I think, you know, God, I was cursed with that and, and at times can be. You know, it's like, you know, the amount of effort that you could, you sit there and you go, oh, I've got nothing, I've got nothing, I've got no energy to do anything. And then... But all of a sudden, somebody rigs you and goes, "We're on," <laughs> you know, and you just got this whole "we're hooking in," you know, and and but yet you won't you won't apply that to yourself. And what? Wh- why? Why do you think that is? It's interesting, actually. Hearing, sorry, I've just put the um my mm. earphones in because um Mark has arrived home, so it just makes it's it okay. a little bit um yeah, exactly. We're all good. Hey, babe. <laughs> um just means that he doesn't have to. I've got uh, the Solfigios actually playing on the speaker in the background. Uh, that's been something that's that I've definitely brought into my day as uh, nice sounds and nice smells and all the mm-hmm. energies yep. things. Um, so I was, let's be honest, a little bit distracted. Um, and what was your question? <laughs> no, I <I'm> not- <laughs> I guess that you know, it's you know when we actually look at um, this saviour complex that we actually do, and 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 you know we're sitting there, we we've got no energy, we've got nothing, we're just we're just exhausted. You're lying in the lounge, somebody rings you up, and you go, "We're on." <laughs> yeah, I think it's what I used, and and we're going. You know, I, I'm there. I, I, I've got all the energy under the sun. Let's go. You know, I'll go and. Put, you know, pull your car out of the mud, I'll go and do this and yeah. go and do that. But we don't do it for ourselves. And I, I, I'm interested to explore that because I think, I think, you know, the the turning point that you actually have where you become, you know, I, I love the saying, we're not the centre of the universe, but we're the centre of ours, our own universe. And that's so, so important. And then the other aspect is, is that, you know, um, we – you know, never pour from a, a half full cup. And then somebody comes in and improves that and says, never pour from a, you know, you know, make sure your cup's completely full before you pour from it. But to me, pouring from a full cup, you're still depleting who you are. Pour from the overflow. Only you use the overflow. That's abundance, you know, and we should always work from abundance sort of thing. If you're always in a, you know, always taking from that, you're in a deficit always. It's a bit like if you feel thirst, if you're thirsty, then you're dehydrated. So always top yourself up so you're not thirsty. Or if you're um, if you're always hungry, then you're having food that's too high octane. You know, change it out, change it for something, so you can get to the stage where I don't need to. If you know, if there's not if the the whole food isn't available for me in that moment, that's okay. I can fast. You know, I can I can go without, or not go without. I can go within. Is probably a better way of saying it. Yeah, you like that? Exactly. (laughs) I'm gonna write it down. Go without, go within. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's no copyright on anything I say. So it's all good. Uh, Hey, I'm gonna write that down because I like that. (laughs) Uh, Go without. um, Go within. Go within. 
within. But yeah, look, let's explore that because I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know what the answers are. And, and again, you know, I'll throw questions in there because it's to me, this is the nutritious aspect. This is what, you know, we're not just talking about stuff that we know. We're actually stepping into an area of like, shit, I don't know. Let's step into that and see what sort of percolates to the surface. That's a, that's, you know, it's, we've got the seasonal ingredients on the table. We're not quite sure what we're going to cook. <laughs> let's go there let's explore that what why do we why do we have no energy for ourselves but we have energy for others now that as you're speaking i was thinking that is that is really good uh how did i even do that Mm. i'm not sure what the i i think to be honest i'm not sure what the answer is to that but i just well i i guess it's drawing the energy from them, perhaps even. Um, I could be absolutely shattered, just totally spent. Mm-hmm. And like you were describing, you dribbling. Yeah, I did. Did you like that? <laughs> just dropped some tea on my shirt. Did you see that? I'm just going. <laughs> Nobody look. <laughs> i got a drinking problem. <laughs> I called you out. Sorry. No, I love that. <laughs> not, not sorry. <laughs> well, like I said, unhomogenized, but it's like. Oh God! Yep, it's gone it's, now. Look, it's, it's, it's gone. Now look at that! I've already heated up. Ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Aussie hot weather. Eh? <laughs> I'm excited. I'll, I'll try and drink properly now. So it's all good. Uh, uh, with your little pinky off and all. When I do do the pinky, okay. yes. <laughs> yeah. So I mean. Um, maybe I was drawing energy from the external. Perhaps it was whatever that was um, like, you you know, like what's coming through is that I genuinely felt good when other people feel good. Mm. I just didn't know how to. And to some extent, when other people are happy, like my saying was, I'm happy as long as everyone else is happy. And that was things like um, that would cage me into not being able to find my own happiness, you know, mm. and, and then the whole be happy for no reason and then no bugger can take it away from you. <laughs> mm. um, and so I still love the shit out of other people's happiness, but mm. I can now I've learned to find my own mm-hmm. and and like you say, it's all about – it was a, a really hard journey for me in the beginning to un- put myself first mm-hmm. and uh, that in the gardening or morning routine and ritual that we were in, invited into doing from the present moment course every morning, <clears throat> getting up and spending that time with yourself just as you wake – I was a little bit of a rebel and would go to the toilet first, even though Jason says you probably don't need to. You should roll out of bed and go to your sacred space. And I'm like, I'll sit there like, oh, oh, no. I'm busting. Like, that's not ease for me. <laughs> now I'm getting a gut sake because I'm hanging on. Like, no deal. <laughs> um, so secretly, yeah, I went to the toilet like a little rebel and then went to my sacred space. <laughs> um yeah, and so bringing that into my life was 
one of the biggest changes, literally holding space for myself and, and building that trust and love, that foundation is, has been life-changing for me. Uh, spinning that, <clears throat> making time for myself. And I had sort of a six-month period where after I'd left Nudo, the COVID thing happened and um, the boss man, he was who I was really excited to work with in the beginning. He was over in China and he was head coach for the Chinese women's sevens team. And so I thought, what a neat guy to align with and learn from when I first started there. However, um, through circumstances, you know, out of all of our control, he had a young family and didn't want to be spending a month in isolation to go there and then a month to come home going back and forward and so he I was made redundant and he took on what I was doing um, with the management of the bunning stores and the office and all the things so I was mortified um, Mm. about leaving (laughs) and being sort of pushed out of this role that I'd created and job that I loved and all the things anyway um, always a blessing always Mm. a blessing and I'm so all about that now um i went to work with a lady um who was doing which i still think is a really fantastic idea um gardening boxes so once a month on subscription you would receive a box um yay big with a couple of dozen different seedlings um and it was a like a paint by numbers we would have a planting plan of where to put um into your garden and there would also be information on what to harvest that month and then there would be recipes on what you could cook with the different stuff that you'd harvested which I just love the idea of empowering people to come back to nature and grow their own food and Mm. you know that whole all the things, not just growing home, you know, eating homegrown produce. I see, and I think Mark's gone to do some work in the garage. Yeah. Two. It's annoying. And um, so did a little bit of that for a while, but uh, logistics didn't quite work out in the business as far as the actual couriers were concerned. Um, Background on that. And <clears throat> the lady that I was working with lived a little bit more in the fear bubble of what was going on. Um, and so I'd go to work really excited and pumped. And this was when I was doing, you know, the work with yourself and stuff like this. Gardening, not work, but yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I was really sort of just starting to delve into that the big word for me was discernment. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to find my power in discerning the difference between what was dropping in for me and what was my intuition coming from my heart and what was programming and conditioning from the external. And 
I'd come home, Mark would be like, you know, you're exhausted. Like she's just, um, I'd come home and, oh, if I'm being entirely honest, she thinks that I'm going to say it. She's like, oh, by the end of the year, they're going to turn the 5G on and everyone's going to die and all the things. <laughs> and I'm just like, whoa, Nelly, like, I don't know if that's not, if that's going to happen or not, but I'm certainly not going to live my place. I don't want to live my life of fear. Like I'm, you're making it some getting scared to get up and I don't want to be like that. So I ended up just saying to her that I've, I'm going to go um, and I'm not long sold my classic car of 17 years. So I had the funds to be able to move away and just have some space for myself. And, and that was when I really just actually took the massive sleep of faith of my life and thought, you know what? I'm not even going to look for something else. It was the, the beginning of December. I'm just going to have the summer for a month or two and just see where life leads. And that was literally the best thing I've done for me in my entire life. So mm -hmm. liberating, so just so fucking amazing. I'm so stoked that it's interesting just speaking in the moment with whatever's coming up now. Mm -hmm. reflecting actually on that and how um, brave mm. and how exciting mm. and how life-changing those little decisions can be. It's, it's, <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm sitting here just, it's so interesting because what you've done, you've, you've applied following your bliss and you know, and and the honour of yourself, you know, bravery, uh, courage is that, for me, is that first movement in. It's where you actually start to go, what do I want? Now, selfishness is so demonised in, in society. You've got to be everything for everyone else, you know, and you've got to prioritise everyone else. And, and, you know, coming back to, you know, you're not the centre of the universe. That's a different sort of selfishness. That's where you can shoot. Yeah. You. <laughs> That's ego. That's it. Well, that is. That is. It's a program self, isn't it? You know, it's you're not actually working from your authenticity because the beauty of coming from a soul base, you know, for me is is that it actually inherently, like a natural sequence farming, finds its beautiful equilibrium. You know, it's it's equanimity within the society, within the the world around us. You know, it's the flow. And how do we do that? It's not about sitting there just going, shit, 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 I've got to get a job, got to do this, got to do that. It's actually like, because I remember, I still remember, and we might be jumping your head a little bit, was where you actually went, you know, you're, that nursery you near your place, so you just went, I'm just going to go in there. I'm just going to ask for a job, you know, <laughs> because it was, you just wanted to, you know, I, and again, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I, I would anticipate that you were actually just wanting to follow your blues. You wanted to get in there. You wanted to get your hands dirty. You wanted to actually be you know, follow the thing that actually, you know, for you that lights you up. And it doesn't mean we can't use external things to light us up. It's a stimulus. But to be stimulated, you've got to have the environment within that actually gets lit up by that. But there's a couple of yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of things that you said which I, I think was interesting. Because what I mean, mindful, what I'm what really love to see is the importance of rituals, routine, symbols and ceremonies. I think they have a real place in 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 who we are. And and I think the paint by numbers approach 
as long as you're aware that it's a paint-by-numbers approach to bring out that inner artist, and then you can let go of the paint-by-numbers approach and you become your own sort of expression of the artist of who you are. And I think as you as you begin to, how you do that is, is that you're always coming back to the calibration of what is my bliss, what lights me up, what really lights me up, and then making a step in that direction. But keep going, keep going with the journey. I, I'm loving this. <laughs> <laughs> what comes from me um, then is I'm uh, not sure if you have <clears throat> delved into or come across uh, Lemurian culture, mm-hmm. a little bit like Atlantis. Yep, yep. And they um, would, in their culture, I believe, or understand um, or their era, um, of existence, they would have they would be apprentices, for want of a better term, mm-hmm. and they they would always have their guides with like a someone that they could look up to that was always there to reflect the next step or help them through the challenges if they come across blocks or wanted to learn different modalities or different things like that. And so, I mean, it's not a fake it till you make it sort of a situation, and that's a little bit. Um, flat, it's more uh, leaning into the discipline and the routine of adopting that pain by numbers mm-hmm. that when you are, it's far less about what you're doing, specifically as far as following the paint and the numbers, mm-hmm. but more about actually stepping into that communion with yourself and allowing that practice and practice and practice to get you to a position where you're able to allow that intuition and free flow to drop in and then become that creative exp- expression of yourself. And so that, for me, um, the discipline, uh, mm. something that it was never going to be easy, but it is simple. And if you show up, and the more you show up, the more you get in return. And Mm. so that was that sort of six-month period from that December during the present moment through um, March, April into May. And then we went into the IWAP space. And then it was was the May that I was like, well, you know, I've had this um, classic car as an investment in my future. I don't, I've, you know, I wanted to be able to have the space for myself but I also don't want to end up spending all the money because at the end of the day we've got to have some sort of um, income in this 3D world Mm -hmm. to be able to have a beard, you know, and have clothes and um, have food and things like that. So I remember quite clearly just getting up one day and thinking to myself, you know what, bugger it. Today I'm going to go out and I'm going to get a job. Like this is just what's going to happen. Mm. And, um, yeah, I got in the car, got myself all, like, public ready (laughs) and got myself in the car, went for a drive and had practised at a couple of local places, um, a herbal tea place and a place that did bulbs, um, blah, blah, blah. And then I I was, one of them actually, he was like, yeah, absolutely, you can do some work for us, send me through your CV or what have you. And so that was cool. But I was coming back along uh, to Burner Station Road and I was just like, you know, and I stopped at the intersection and I thought, 
if there was anywhere that I really wanted to work, where would it be? <laughs> and I was like, how about Grow Direct? Like, oh, my goodness, there's this massive nursery a kilometre that way. Why don't I just go in there? And it literally had not even come onto my mind earlier that day. It was just when I got to that end section, left was home and right was my new happy place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and home is still my happy place, just to disclose. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, right. And I went in there and, and unbeknownst to myself, that actually advertised on social media that they were looking for a propagator. And so, yeah, I'm like, oh, this is all falling into place. And Debbie, um, she was there and, oh, you need to meet Paul. You know, I just did the, I love people, I love plants, and I love learning. At the moment, I'm studying traditional herbal medicine, so I don't want to be working full time, but I'm up for doing, you know, three days a week, pretty, you know, pretty open to whatever I want, um, whatever you need me to do. She's like, okay, we'll just wait for Paul, who's her business partner. Had a chat with them for about half an hour. Shared my experience with the herb nursery and stuff. Um, and they're like, okay, cool, we'll send your CV through. And that was on a Thursday afternoon. <clears throat> and they messaged back and said, can you start Monday? So I was like, boom, just easy. Like just ease and flow. And intuition and alignment and that's really what um what i'm all up for living life like from that space so the practice of that the practicality of that is just incredible because you you went you know what the the internal compulsion for one of a better term said let's go and get bugger it i'm getting a job you know and you went you stepped in that direction now intellectually you you grasped onto it because you followed where things were available you know I'm, I'm going to do that but then you took that step in that direction and it went okay well i've given in the cv side of things and then again the old <laughs> talk about almost a corny crossroad analogy there you know you just got to the the t intersection you know and you just went there was that there was that following the bliss moment that was that lit me up it wasn't intellectualized it came through as a as a narrative but the narrative was coming from something quite different, which was that knowing. And then the serendipity with synchronicity, you know, of heading down that direction and moving into that space. And I think the practicality of what you did there is just such a really, really beautiful um, example of how do we move in life? How do we expand in life? And we don't have to, we don't have to have it all perfect. Just take a step. Take a step in that direction, you know. And I must say, on that note, full disclosure, I was nervous AF. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, my goodness, I've just been into all these people and it feels really weird and, like, yeah, just all this, ee, 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 yeah, the I internal know. chatter, you know, like that's sort of 18 months ago now, so I've quietened a lot of that still still this echo way back here <laughs> <Fuck> up you <laughs> but that's that recalibration isn't it that's like that's that that's the that's the equanimity in action you know is that you 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 come in there i mean you know 
where we sort of look at this, you know, you've got this, potentially the three aspects of yourself, you know, you have your, your mind, your ego, if you want to call it that, you have the, the physical body um, or the energetic body as well within that space. And then you have your, your soul, you know, um, and the master calibrator is your soul, you know, and, and when you actually step into that space, and for me, this is what I see is that there is a, again, this calibration of it, you know, and you begin to have the wisdom sort of percolating through, but it's not like with all things, you know, you, you learn how to play an instrument, you know, or playing the piano and you're going to hit a few wrong notes. But the intention is to actually sit down and actually create a harmony. And as you begin to move more and more, and it's not just, it's not rote learning per se. It may start off as a structured rote learning, but then the play comes in and that play is that real expression of following your bliss, the simplicity of it. I mean, I, I watch things where people, you know, they they do child play seminars and all that sort of stuff, you know, if that's um, that sort of lights you up sort of thing. But I think if we look at the essence of that, the child play is really actually following your bliss, you know, and it's actually, you know, you don't necessarily need to regress in your your actions and your activities and all that sort of stuff and, you know, um, have tanties on the ground or whatever it might be or crawling <laughs> through the mud, maybe that, that might float your boat. But the essence of what sort of sits there is actually unabashedly being yourself and and exploring you know i think that's the child mind is the is the inquisitive exploring excited mind which is which is quite amazing that's beautiful i mean it's just that holding space for your inner child really hey yeah i I guess just allowing the inner child out and holding space for it to be um as authentic and as free as possible Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely Absolutely. Hey, Mark, in the background. Hey, how's it going? Good, mate. <laughs> Mark, dunk, dunk, Mark. Hey, Mark, how are you, brother? <laughs> Love it. Love it. Yeah, so... He's so a sign Mark, writer, so he works from home. So yeah. he's in his creative space in the workshop. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, this... Love it. I love it. So, so looking at sort of... Finding, there's this beautiful sort of golden oh, hey, in in corporate follow the red thread but there's this gorgeous gold thread you know which which is which is which is interconnecting and I, and I think you know it's not it's not a I've got to get to here it's actually like the more and more intimate you you, you become with who you are and you keep taking a step in that direction and the structure you know some of its structure it might be setting your alarm and getting out of bed you know, um, get out of bed at quarter past five, up, go, right, in, create that practice. And I think half a lot of the times with meditation, it's not just it's not just the the the, the meditative practice per se um, that's unlocking. I think it's the it's the investing in yourself, that honoring of yourself, the pro, the prioritizing of who you are, you know, and you know creating that sort of central point of view you know and uh, and i think that's what's beautiful about it and that's and 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 it it's it can be really very structured very structured in it you know um to start off with and again you know ceremony symbols ritual routine you know all these sort of things actually have a have a just a a point you know a bracelet on your arm every time you look at it you know take a breath 
Am I breathing properly? You know, whatever it takes for you to be then able to get to the point where ease, where there's no vibration, there's no irritation that's got to, got to remind you to do something because you're actually in that space, you know, or stepping. And away. I mean, the, um, life's you know, life's not always about rainbows and lollipops and sunshine. Um, there's always going to be days, times, events that create that dis calibration mm-hmm. um and that vibration but the empowering nature of being able to step into a space where you can actually calibrate recalibrate to remove that vibration yep. and the more that you have the discipline and self-love to be able to do that the actually easier it becomes to be able to remove that vibration out of your vicinity, I find personally. Oh, absolutely. And I think the more you do this, now you've got it's important not to have proof of concept first. You know, when you when you you step into an area because there is a there is a principle of getting you in the habit of not following what you already know. You know, and but it doesn't mean when you've experienced what you've experienced, because now it's gone from you know, acquired knowledge to a revealed knowledge, if we want to use that, you know. And yeah, knowledge absolutely. I'm such a fiend. Hmm. Yeah, with my bookcase, I've always loved books. I love the smell of them. I love all the learning that they have in them. Um, yeah, I love books, but that's definitely something that has evolved or landed with myself is that that is an that books have knowledge mm-hmm. and knowledge comes from the past <laughs> it's recorded you know and and it's recorded in the past it's not the present and mm-hmm. so then you come to this understanding that if you actually open up to the present then i thought that i made it up and it's not that I did it all. <laughs> so then this this quote or meme came and someone else used it. I was like, hey, they stole my fucking word. What? <laughs> and a standing. I was like, yeah, in that understanding. And a standing. And then I'm like, okay, that's cool. It's just literally proved that um, like we are one and that source, the Akashic Records, mm. God, the universe, all the whatever word you want to give to it is that's the the one understanding that when you're in alignment you can drop into mm. and call on that inner standing because mm. you're calling the understanding through your inner self. Uh, so that's been, yeah, something that, that I really just love and totally resonate with. I, I, I love the way you articulated that. I think that's beautiful. I think that you know, the inner standing, you know, side of things. And I think, you know, if we always run on knowledge, then it's like driving a car through the rear vision mirror. You know, it's it's not being able to actually have eyes up. And that, and, that, and again, you know, the, the uniqueness of who we are, you know, come back to what we originally talked about, you know, when I invited you on this was not, you know, well, why so special? Well, there you go. You know that that the conversation thus far has actually shown the you know the you know the expression of the the the, the purity of of 
you know, a soul incarnate is just incredible, you know, and to actually have that that brought forward is better than any regurgitated knowledge, you know, because I think what we find, and it's great to quote things because I think sometimes people will articulate things in a way you just go, oh, my God, that just is beautiful. And, and, and part of the time it's because it's familiar, you know, um, you know, how do you know something is true? Because it's familiar, you know, sometimes, you know, and I, and I think that's the, that's the, but there's also, there are other aspects of, of side of things is that, you know, if, and you hear in a, a lot of the popular beliefs that we're creators and I, I really believe that, but if you're a creator, then that's what creation is, is to bring something new, you know, something that hasn't been seen before you know, or an expression of what may have been seen before but in such new light, you know, and it's not just a regurgitation of what's already been. It doesn't mean that that doesn't occur. You know, we don't need to keep reinventing the wheel to know that the, you know, a, you know, a circular thing stuck on a car actually goes round better than a square thing. But it's it's the importance of actually being able to, to be, you know, bring something new and knowing that, you know, in who we are, what we have deemed not special, is actually the, the the wisdom of of the 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 essence of whatever you want to call it God quantum the ether wisdom eternal wisdom oneness you know all these terminologies and and I think this is the thing is is that we're bringing this forward this is amazing this is amazing I'm actually feeling we're getting to a being being change. we are being yes I think that's what I was sharing with you before um beforehand was that that was what could smartly dropped in for me was was not just doing and not just hustling but just being and that's mm. literally what I believe each of us have come to be and do is the be ourselves like we are all special we are all a unique expression of that oneness and I believe that so deeply and that's what gave me the motivation to turn up today to turn up every day is believing and trusting in that and so I want to be the change and being the change means that I believe and want to do be seen taking aligned action with what I want to encourage more of in the world. And I really, truly think that if each of us individually can learn to trust our own sovereignty and our own connection and our own unique expression, then that's the Zeitgeist movement. Like, that's the true reason we're here is to move away from that darkness and and really you know, bring in more communion with ourselves, with our family, with our friends, with Mother Earth as a whole. Uh, and so, yeah, that's that's been my ethos for the last couple of years. Is um, It's a cliche, be the change, you know, but it's mm. also legit AF. That's <laughs> what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> legit AF. i got to say. I, I could not complete a conversation better than what you just did then. Um, <laughs> I reckon. I reckon we've reached the completion point. I, I, yeah. I think that's a. That's that's the breath. 
That was beautiful, Melissa. Thank you. Um, I just feel like I've just had the most nutrient-dense food. <laughs> you know, I've got to know you more, the, the beautiful soul that you are. And, and and you know, I, I you know, it's, without trying to sound cliche, you know, you're a true blessing. And, and um, you know, I count those blessings in life and it, it reminds you of how amazing, how amazing um, a communion, to use your word, you know, with, with each other can be. So I love you. You're amazing. And uh, I'm going to stop the recording. We'll have a bit of a chinwag afterwards. But uh, anything else? Thank you so much. I don't love think you we... too, bro. <laughs> I don't think we can leave it with anything more than your your beautiful summation then. I think <laughs> it was just, that, was, that was just flowing. So let's call it. Oh. Um, I've just had my somebody tried to ring through and it's cut through. So it's, I don't know why I did that. I keep putting on, I'm, I'm still working out how to actually put it on the, on the focus and so people don't disturb, but that's okay. All right. I'm going to hit stop and um, we'll have a quick. If there's one um, invitation that I would love Please. to leave any listeners with, is mm-hmm. to take 10 minutes for yourself every day to be some days it might be that I sit in silence some days I might do release writing some days I might do my oracle cards some days I might have a cacao but surround yourself with um some incense or a um essential oil diffuser with some beautiful sounds um just create a space for yourself and sometimes it's breath work, you know, breathing in from the Grand Central Sun and putting roots into the earth. Mm-hmm. And I said one thing, but get your feet on the grass. <laughs> Be grounded. <laughs> get your feet in the grass. <laughs> get your feet on the grass. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Love you heaps, all right. Oh, beautiful, beautiful summation. Love it. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.